Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Love spring training baseball. Always makes the weather feel just a little bit warmer. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. We had to be patient. Had to wait for the Brewers. They got the win today. Although, as we've talked about in the past, the final score isn't always the most important thing. And, in fact, it's never the most important thing this time of year as we sit on March 6th. They do get the win 5-4, to four, however, and we are going to cover Brewers for the rest of the hour here on WKTY. We'll get to that in a moment. Just a quick reminder. I wanted to throw this out as a disclaimer. And if we had a full hour, if we had our full slot today, uh, I might have talked about this at a little bit more length in a little bit more detail. But last night, for our NBA crowd, and we have been talking bucks uh, more than I ever would have imagined uh, on a radio station in lacrosse. And we've been incredibly blessed this year to be able to cover that team and be able to talk about that team and all the success that they have been having. If you were watching the NBA last night, and we didn't have any teams in action, right? So the Bucks didn't play, the Badgers didn't play. So there weren't really any Wisconsin sports teams in action last night. If you're a Timberwolves fan, they were in action. The Gophers got a big win last night. But no Wisconsin sports teams. This is the Wisco Sports Show. If you were watching and paying attention uh, if not watching the games, at least checking the scores last night, the NBA had a weird night. And, and this is this is what I talk about when, when we want to keep things in perspective. When the Bucks lose to a team like the Suns, lose to the team uh, like the Grizzlies, just just bottom of the league teams, right? They, they really have no business losing to. Well, if you look around the league last night, the Rockets beat the Raptors. And I think the, the, the Raptors are one of the best teams in the NBA. I think they are better than the Rockets. The Grizzlies beat the Trailblazers, 121-11. The Wolves beat the Thunder, and the Wolves, I mean, with all due respect to our Minnesota fans here, the Wolves have been massively underperforming, given the contracts that they have handed out to their two superstars in, in Wiggins and in Towns. They beat the, the Blazers last night, or the Thunder, excuse me, and then the Celtics, who have been playing as bad as anyone the last couple of weeks, beat the Warriors, 128-195. to it was, In fact, it wasn't close. So a quick reminder, the, the NBA is a long season, it's a weird season, and there's a lot of weird instances and a lot of weird games where teams just lose games that they shouldn't, and it's not always explainable. Can't always pick which detail or what went wrong. It just happens. So a good reminder last night and a good chance for us to gather some perspective as our team in the Milwaukee Bucks wasn't in action. Of course, if you're a Wolves fan, like I said, uh, you got to experience that firsthand with the Wolves upsetting the Thunder last night. So just a, a good piece of perspective, a good reminder last night on why I wasn't exactly too upset on Saturday when the Bucks lost to Utah. And I really wasn't upset at all yesterday talking about that Phoenix Suns uh, defeat. The only team to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, to sweep the Milwaukee Bucks this year. In fact, beating them in back-to-back games, the first time that's happened to the Bucks all season long. And here we sit on March 6th. So just a good reminder, I do want to get to the Brewers today. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time today taking a big bite out of spring training so far, and we're going to chew it up a little bit uh, and see what we can decide. Today, uh, they did beat the Diamondbacks 5-4. to four. You heard that game in its entirety right here on WKTY, which means we got off to a little bit of a slow start. They won 5-4. to four. Uh, the win and the loss, and in terms of which pitcher wins, which pitcher loses, who gets the RBI. I mean, it's it's all you have to look at it differently in spring training. the The outings for starting pitchers are shorter. Oftentimes, the bullpen outings are less stressful, and you're looking for things outside of wins and losses. And although the Brewers did win today, and, and we can celebrate that and be happy about it and feel a little bit better, it's it's the details. It's it's the little things that went on today that I want to talk about. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. A couple things I wanted to talk about today. There are two groups uh, of of players for the Brewers today that, that kind of showed up. 
both groups are in different positions, right? So let's start with, I, I'll call this category, and I was watching earlier, and I'm like, man, I almost forgot about Eric Thames. Maybe I almost forgot about Eric Kratz. They're the group that, that has to be feeling at this juncture and at this point in spring training, especially given some offseason acquisitions, specifically Osmani Grandal. They have to be thinking, we're still here. We're not just going to roll over and give up our starting spot or, or give up our minutes or our innings, should I say, in the, in the case of baseball. We're still here. Well, today, Eric Thames had two RBIs. Two hits, including one home run in three at-bats, right? And then you look at Eric Kratz, who is a guy who people have kind of cast aside. And I don't think it's unfair as the third-string catcher, a guy who is a good personality and a great part of an incredible run last year, but probably doesn't have a huge future with this team, right? Eric Kratz today, he had three hits as well. One run scored, two RBIs. That Those two, uh, Eric Thames and Eric Kratz, making up the uh, the party that, that that's reminding us, well, we're still here, not going anywhere. If you want to take away our innings and our at-bats, you're going to have to outperform us, and they're making a strong case. I would also include Aaron Perez in that group up until this point, but today he didn't He didn't exactly make a strong case. He went over three in his three at-bats. So those are, that's the first group. That's the first batch of players that jumped out to me today. The second one are the players who are already great, had great seasons last year, and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we're still great, and you can still count on us. It was the, the group of Corey Knable and Josh Hader. Now, Jeremy Jeffers, was. it sounded like they were going to have him available today. And, and before, you know, I was on Twitter, I was reading what Tom Hodricourt was covering for the Journal Sentinel and what they were reporting, because not every player is, is available in every game for spring training. Of course, you know this. They said they were going to have all three, quote, electric dudes ready to go. And of course, if you were a Brewer fan who followed with any sort of consistency last year, you could guess exactly who they were referring to, right? Jeremy Jeffress, Corey Knable, Josh Hader. They were all supposed to be available today. Now, Jeremy Jeffress didn't end up pitching but Corey Knable and Josh Hader did. They both won an inning. They both did not surrender a hit or a run. Josh Hader actually struck, he actually struck out the side. Uh, yeah, by the way, he's still good. Corey Knable, one inning, one strikeout, no hits, no earned runs. Uh, oh, yeah, also, he is still pretty good as well. So you see kind of these two groups of dudes, uh, to use the generic term that Tom Hodricourt and some other beat writers and reporters were using on Twitter earlier today, two groups of dudes. Guys who are saying, we're still here, we're not going anywhere, regardless of who you brought in in the offseason, because they're gonna, somebody's going to have to beat us out. Aaron Perez was making that case up until today. He had a, an 0-3 game, but outside of that, Eric Thames, uh, who had two hits, including a home run and two RBIs, and then Eric Kratz, who had three hits today, a home run and two RBIs. They're still here. Yeah, Kratz is probably thinking, it's nice that you brought in Yasmani Grandal. Eric Thames is, is probably feeling his chances at playing getting less and less now that Moustakas has brought back and Jesus Aguilar had a great season last year. I, I don't know where he's going to play. He's not a great pinch hitter, and I would imagine, Eric, that's in the forefront of his mind as well. But they're making their case, right? They are presenting evidence for why they should not lose out on at-bats and lose out on playing time regardless of how this offseason has gone, right? Now, nobody falling into either one of those groups that we've talked about so far falls into the starting rotation. We haven't actually talked a ton about starting pitching throughout spring training, and that's always the hot-button issue, right? Well, who's going to be the day-one starter? Who's going to be the rotation? And then, of course, that will transition very smoothly after about a month of play too well. Who's the ace pitcher that's going to be available for the Brewers to go get at the deadline, right? Because that's always the conversation. No matter how the Brewers are playing, no matter what position groups are succeeding, or failing, it's always going to be, well, where's the ace pitcher? Where's the stud pitcher that the Brewers can go get? Who's going to become available, whether it's a rental or somebody on a long-term deal that the Brewers could have club control over? Who's the pitcher to go get, right? We haven't actually talked a lot about starting pitching. Uh, really not about anyone in particular. And, and once again, 
you can categorize the starting pitchers currently on the Brewers roster into three groups. And I want to talk about that and maybe start to get an idea of what this starting rotation is going to look like day one on opening day. I don't think it's going to stay that way throughout the regular season. Often it very much does not, right? It changes throughout the course of the regular season. But let's try to get an idea, a ballpark estimate of exactly what this starting rotation is going to look like here in a couple of months. That coming up a whole lot more late start, uh, but we got plenty to cover here on the Wisco Sports Show. So hang around here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM, and always streaming live at WKTYsports.com. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for hanging out. We had to get to the end of the Brewer game. They win 5-4 against the Diamondbacks. Just another episode of spring training. And let's be real, anytime you can listen to Bob Euchre on March 6th, I will more than happily slide out of the way to make that happen. But we are on air and we got a lot to talk about. I'm excited. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. You can join me there. We've been talking about the Brewers today. And rightfully so. I think it's natural, right? The Brewers game is done. Let's get right into it. It's not necessarily a post-game show because spring training, specifically the results of spring training games, don't really mean a whole lot. How do we use spring training as a measuring stick and a conversation piece to really take a peek and, and to maybe speculate on what we're going to see here in a month or two when the regular season gets going. Two groups that we talked about today, two categories of players. Number one, the guys that are saying, we're still here. Eric Kratz, Eric Thames, both had huge days today. Both went yard and had some RBIs. Yasmani Grandal comes in, Kratz is probably that odd man out. or Maybe it becomes Manny Pena now. Maybe that's what Kratz is fighting for. But by the way, Eric Kratz saying, yeah, I'm still here. And Eric Thames saying, yeah, I can still hit the hell out of the baseball. I'm still here. And then the other group, the we're still here and we're still really, really good. And that's Josh Hader and Corey Knable. We thought we might see Jeffers today. Didn't turn out to be the case. Uh, there was a lot of, of discussion before the game on, on whether the Brewers would have their, quote, three electric dudes. We saw a couple pundits, a couple writers and media members tweeting about that today. But Jeffers didn't end up going. But Hader... Had an inning, struck out the side. Canable had an inning, struck out one, didn't allow a hit or an earned run. So those guys, by the way, they're still good. It's like the David Spade. It's David Spade who says, I don't remember which movie. You're still fat. That Along those lines, right? Still good. Still here. Two categories of players. Now, when we start talking about starting pitching, which, which is what I really wanted to tackle today, you can start to categorize all the starting pitchers who are in camp. They're all in different situations. right? You can kind of tuck the starting pitchers into different categories and into different envelopes. Now, I don't know what this starting rotation is going to look like because there's so many wild cards. There's so many unknowns. But that, but starting pitching always is going to drive the discussion, right? Do the Brewers have a good enough pitching staff? Do they have the pitching to get it done? Who's their ace? Who's their day one starter? And then, of course, as the summer moves on, is there a who's the pitcher they can acquire at the trade deadline? How can they beef up that rotation? And then as we get towards the playoffs, of course, the conversation switches to, well, if they're in a one-game wild card, who, who are you putting out there? I mean, the, the, the starting pitching conversation is never ending. And rightfully so. Right, I do, I do think that is the most important part of a baseball team. You can win other ways. But you're not going to win without pitching, at least some semblance of competent pitching. So let's look at the Brewers pitchers that we have currently right now. They might not be done. I want to talk about a free agent who's still out there that I think makes sense. If they can get it done in the right way, 
and for the right price. But let's start with what they have in camp, what they have on the roster right now. So there's three groups, uh, and and I I guess maybe I just like categorizing players. We did that uh, for today's game, but here's what I want to do. We have three categories, the knowns, the upgrades, and the question marks. All right, there's three groups, and, and there's multiple pitchers for the most part in all of them. Let's start with the knowns, and this is the smallest group. Really, the only one rock-solid known, the one given the Brewers have, is Yoli Shasin. For the most part, you know what you're getting. Now, you could also contend, you could make an argument that last year, Yoli Shasin was tremendous, it was a flash in the pan, and you can't expect that moving forward, and you would be perfectly in your own right to make that argument, because, and I think it's a fair argument, but as of right now, we have to operate under the assumption that Yoli Shasin is at least going to be a strong percentage of what he was last year and a solid piece of this Brewers pitching staff. Whether he's your day one starter or, or he slides down to two or three, wherever he ends up, I, I think you know what you have in Yoli Shasin. Now, the only other pitcher that I would argue that you know what you're getting is Junior Guerra. Now, I don't know if you're going to get Junior Guerra in the starting rotation or if he's going to be in the bullpen, but I think we know what Junior Guerra is. He's upped his velocity a little bit, become a better pitcher. I think the version that we saw last year, late in the season and in the playoffs, I mean, they kept him on the playoff roster. Think about that. Over... Chase Anderson, Zach Davies. I think they like Junior Guerra. I I think he's less of a question mark now than he was last fall. Changed up his approach a little bit, added some velocity, and that has gotten him some leeway and made him just a little bit harder to hit maybe when he doesn't have his control. Those are your two knowns, Yoli Shasin and Junior Guerra. Whether or not they end at the top of the rotation or the bottom or in the bullpen will not depend on them. It's going to depend on all the other pitchers I'm about to mention. So those are your knowns. You know what you have there. The next category, I, I like to think of them as the upgrades, right? There are three guys who have not been starting pitchers before, at least not on a very consistent basis, but you like what they are. You like what they have, you like their stuff, and you think they have the makeup, and you think they have the juice to be a starting pitcher and a part of the rotation. Let's start with Corbin Burns, right? That's the piece that everybody wants to talk about. He could end up being the ace. He could be the ace for the Brewers this year. I could see it. Probably not right away, but by the end of the year, he could he could definitely be there. Or maybe he doesn't adapt well to starting pitching and he ends up in the bullpen. I don't know. That's why he's not in that known category. He's a guy who's looking to upgrade. The second guy, along those similar lines, but but a pitcher who's had a little bit more starting experience, that's Freddie Peralta. Showed flashes last year of being a really good starter. Now, he showed some command issues, racked up a lot of walks, but you like his stuff. He's He's young. He's raw. He throws hard. He strikes a lot of guys out. You like the odds and you like his trajectory in terms of being able to get into the starting lineup, the starting rotation this year. It's not a given, but he is a guy you like and you think has the potential to upgrade himself and get himself in a better spot. Now, the third guy in the upgrades category is Brandon Woodruff. I don't know if the Brewers are dying to get Woodruff into the starting rotation, but I think he's definitely a guy who has the stuff to do it. I think the Brewers would like to keep one of these three pitchers, if at all possible, in the bullpen between Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff. Because because I think they like that flexibility to have a guy who has starting experience and starting stuff in middle relief, right? I think that's a good piece. That's a good weapon to have in your back pocket. So when a guy like Chase Anderson or Zach Davies or help Jimmy Nelson who have all been injury-prone in one way or another, when they go two innings, you have one of those guys to reach for in the bullpen. Brandon, we need three from you. Brandon, we need four. Freddie, we need to, we need to get a couple. You need to get us to the later stages of the game. It's nice to have a middle relief guy with starting experience. You saw how valuable that was in the postseason last year for the Brewers, whether that's Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, or Brandon Woodruff. I think they're going to keep one of those three guys in the bullpen, at least to begin the season. We'll see what happens with the rest of the starting pitchers, pitching staff. 
If I'd guess, I think Burns is probably a lock, barring some crazy spring training mishaps. I think Freddie Peralta has the second best chance to get in. If if one of those three is remaining in the bullpen, which I think the Brewers would love to do, I think it's going to be Brandon Woodruff. I think that makes sense. Those are your three guys who fall into the upgrade category. The guys who have the stuff, who you like their upside, you like their trajectory, you like what you've seen in the past, but they have yet to make that jump into the starting rotation. Now, Corbin Burns hasn't exactly had the opportunity. Freddie Peralta has had the opportunity. Brandon Woodruff here and there has had the opportunity, but they're looking to do it on a more consistent basis this upcoming year. Now, the third category that you can lump these starting pitchers into, we have the knowns, Yoli Shasin and Junior Guerra. Those are givens. You have your upgrades or looking to upgrade in Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and Brandon Woodruff. Your third and final category is your unknowns, and it is by far the largest. There are question marks surrounding all of these guys, and all of them for different reasons. Let's start with Chase Anderson. Not only did he have health issues last year, but he was not the same pitcher last year that he was two years ago. And if I'm speaking, well, on the record, but if I'm speaking from opinion here, I don't know if Chase Anderson has what it takes to be a starting pitcher in a rotation that's trying to win a championship. And I think the Brewers agree because he was healthy last year and the Brewers decided to leave him out of the playoff roster. They left him off the playoff roster. I don't know. He's got a lot of proving to do because I think he's got a long road ahead to beat out the Corbin Burns, the Freddie Peraltas, the Brandon Woodruffs of the world outside of Yoli Shasin and Junior Guerra, who I think already are making great cases. And then you have Jimmy Nelson, who's another unknown. That's another question mark. Love his stuff. Love Jimmy Nelson as a pitcher two years ago, but he got hurt. Not a minor injury. He's just now starting to throw to live batters. That's a that's a big question mark. I don't know if I love that feeling, but you love his stuff. So you're going to give him every benefit of the doubt. You're going to give him every opportunity. And I think he's going to get more benefits and more opportunities than Chase Anderson. And I will say the same for Zach Davies. Zach Davies is a guy, once again, left off the playoff roster last year. He kind of fell out of favor and fell out of his place with this Milwaukee Brewers team. He's looking to rebound. He is a question mark. I don't know what they're going to get from him. He's had injury issues as well. Just talking about those three guys, Davies, Nelson, and Anderson, they're going to give Nelson every opportunity in the world to return to form. After that, I think they're going to give Davies every opportunity in the world to return to form. And then Anderson underneath that. You can't go handing out opportunities consistently to all three guys, I think Jimmy Nelson is by far going to have the best opportunity to return to form. Man, I don't know. Three categories of pitchers. I don't love any of them. I'm even a little worried about Yoli Shasin. I think he is the most known commodity right now in that starting rotation. The problem is, I don't know how good he is going to be. He had a tremendous season last year. Was incredibly consistent. You knew what you were getting when he was going out onto the mound. He was a guy who's going to be able to extend a winning streak, or stop the bleeding and go out and give you a quality start in the midst of a losing streak. But I don't know if he is going to come out and perform the same level that he did last year. Because let's be real, much like Eric Kratz and Jesus Aguilar, I think the Brewers had the benefit of a lot of guys who had breakout seasons last year. It's up to those players to see if they can continue to build on it now. That's what it comes down to. You got your your knowns, your givens. Yoli Shasin and Junior Guerra. It's not a huge group. Guys looking to upgrade, but still a question mark in some sense. Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and Brandon Woodruff. And then you're you're unknowns. What's Chase Anderson going to do? What's Jimmy Nelson going to do? What's Zach Davies going to do? The Brewers have to sort through all of that. And because there's not one pitcher where I'm like, stamp it in ink, write it in pen, carve it in stone, he's got a spot in the rotation, I think the Brewers should go outside of the organization to try to bolster this starting rotation in some sense. You don't need to spend $100 million. You don't need to trade for a Clayton Kershaw. But there is a guy who's out there right now who's a free agent, and... 
because he is still a free agent on March 6th, much like Asmani Grandal, I think the opportunity might be there for the Brewers to come in and, and spin the situation, spin because it is March 6th, spin it in a way that's advantageous to them and say, hey, come here, you're still a free agent, you haven't gotten the deal you want, we, we can't give you a long-term deal, but what about this? Let us present an alternative. That's Dallas Keuchel. I think he makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. And I think there is an outside shot that the Brewers might be able to spin it in a way that's beneficial to both parties. We're going to talk about that as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. We got off to a slow start today, of course. Giving way to Bob Euchre and the Brewers. And like I said earlier, anytime that we have an opportunity to hear Bob Euchre and Brewers baseball on March 6th, I'll get the hell away from the microphone anytime. So appreciate you tuning in and hanging out. Regardless of the clunky show so far, we have been talking Brewers baseball about what happened in today's 5-4 win over the Diamondbacks, as well as... What maybe this Brewers team is going to look like come opening day and beyond? Because let's be real, spring training is fun. Feels like a novelty. They're playing in a different place. A lot of people, it's a very popular vacation idea to travel to Phoenix and to go to Brewers games in spring training because it's fun, because because it's warm, right? That too. It's almost like a little bit of Wisconsin South. You go down there, you're sitting in the ballpark, and all of a sudden you're sitting next to a guy from Eau Claire. Or you're sitting next to a guy from Verocal, right? It's it's a tiny world, and spring training is part of that fun. But let's be real. Spring training baseball in and of itself means very little, except for when we think and we say, okay, this player is playing this way. This player is playing this way at this position. How is that going to affect the real baseball that's coming up in a couple of months? So for all this talk we do about spring training, we got to put the right spin on it. we got to put it in the right context. Today we're talking about the starting pitchers and which category they fall into. Right, And I said there are three categories as of right now. You have your givens, of which there are only two, in my opinion. Yoli Shasin and Junior Guerra. Bang, I know what both of those guys are giving me as of right now. I don't know if that means Junior Guerra is going to be the number one starter or the number three, but I know what I'm getting with him. The guys looking to upgrade the second category. Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff. All guys, you like their stuff. You like what you've seen in the past. You like their trajectory, but they have yet to make the jump from reliever, middle relief, or even sporadic starter to a constant part of that rotation. That doesn't just happen. Not all guys can do that. And then, of course, you have your unknowns, and it's just a big swirling mess. Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, Jimmy Nelson, all unknowns and all question marks for one reason or another. I don't know what this Brewers rotation is going to look like, and I think what would be a huge help is just adding one more given. And right now, obviously, free agency in baseball has been weird this year. There is one pretty big-name pitcher who's still out there, and that's Dallas Keuchel. Last with the Houston Astros. And it's March 6th. I mean, we're clock's running down here, right? I don't think he wants to sit out baseball. I think that would be absurd. And I think the Brewers, because of the, the time and the date, getting closer and closer to opening day, I think they could maybe put a spin on this situation where they could say, hey, Dallas, come here for a sec. Let, let, let me, let's have a heart-to-heart, right? It's March 6th. You're still a free agent because you haven't gotten that long-term deal that you're looking for. And, and I feel it. I, I feel you, Dallas. Baseball's tough right now. You you players aren't getting the, the fair treatment that you deserve. You do deserve a long-term contract. And you know what, Dallas? I want to help you get there. I don't think it's going to happen this year. And I, unfortunately, look, the Brewers, we're all signed up. We signed Yasmani Grandal. We brought back Mike Moustakis. We're low on change, man. But here's what we can do. 
We can give you one contract. We can give you a placeholder. We can give you a one-year deal. And because it's a one-year deal, we'll play, pay you slightly above what you would be worth year-to-year on a long-term basis, which is probably around $20 million for one year. And because we're a small market team, man, it pains us to give out that money. But if it's only a one-year deal, we're not handcuffing ourselves for the future. We'd more than love to have you here. That way you can hang around for about $20 million. You're going to get a hefty payday. You're going to get a chance to compete in an awesome place in Milwaukee on a fun team in a very competitive division playing against some of the best hitters and best pitchers in baseball. And you know what? $20 million ain't bad. And next year you're going to hit the market and you can finally chase that long-term contract. That would be the sales pitch. And I do think the Brewers are capable of putting that spin on it. No, whether Dallas Keuchel wants to listen or wants to oblige the Brewers, that's completely different. But I think it makes a whole lot of sense because, like I said, the Brewers rotation has all these question marks in it. And you hear me talk about all the time with the Green Bay Packers or even with the Milwaukee Bucks. Anytime you can eliminate a question mark, that's a good thing. And that's not just a cliche or a saying that I use as a crutch here on the show. It's very meaningful to me. Because when we're talking about the Green Bay Packers, and you listen to Bill Michaels, he does this all the time. He'll run through the positions. If you are going through, let's talk about the Packers' defense. If you're going through the the positions, blah, 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 blah. All right, you know, Jair Alexander's going to be one corner. Kevin King is your day one starter at the other side. Tremont Williams fits into the slot, or maybe Josh Jackson. You got that figured out. Now we go to safety. Well, Tremont Williams, are they going to draft one? Are they going to get one free agent? Well, there's a question mark. I don't like that. I'm not about that. I want certainty. I want something I can lean on. I know that I can rely on. The Brewers were in that situation last year at the end of the year. They were bringing in guys like Gio Gonzalez. They were bringing in Curtis Granderson. We talked about this last week, right, with the Bucks bringing in Pau Gasol. It's the same kind of deal. Because when they brought in Gio Gonzalez, no Brewers fans were like, oh man, that's exactly what we needed. This team is World Series bound. What did we say? We said, well, I don't know where or when he's going to pitch, but it's great to have the depth. It's great to have him as an option, right? Same thing. The Brewers could very well luck out, and Chase Anderson could bounce back and have a career year, and Jimmy Nelson could return to his dominant form, and Zach Davies could be the control hound that he was two years ago before his injury. And then Yoli Shasin could fit in as a depth piece, a guy that you like, who's pitched in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden, you're not rushing Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff from the bullpen. You can keep them as depth pieces in the bullpen, and that can continue to be your strength. Corbin Burns probably still jumps to the rotation. And then Dallas Keuchel is your ace. Everything starts to make sense. The Brewers could luck out with all of that, but I would like to personally eliminate as many question marks as possible and not bank on all of the situations that we just talked about. I don't want to bank on Jimmy Nelson coming back healthy. I don't want to bank on Chase Anderson avoiding giving up home runs. I want to know. I want to know that Dallas Keuchel is going to be your day one starter. I want to know that Yolisha Cena is in that rotation. And Junior Guerra has really tweaked his rotation and upped his velocity to be, a, to be a good pitcher. And I want to know Corbin Burns has now jumped into the starting rotation. And, and Freddie Peralta is in the starting rotation. And you know what? Brent Suter is a nice depth piece when he comes back. And then whatever happens to Chase Anderson, whatever happens to Zach Davies, Jimmy Nelson, that's just icing on the cake. That's depth. Now you're playing from a position of strength. It's amazing what happens when you just eliminate one question mark. Look at the Brewers, the Packers pass rush. Let's look at that, right? Well, Kyler Fackrell could continue to dominate like he did last year at times, and maybe Reggie Gilbert continues to, uh, he had a little setback, but maybe he comes back to form like we saw two years ago at the end of the season, and 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 and, and maybe, right? And then they use the D-line to generate pressure, or the Packers draft a stud pass rusher at pick 12, and maybe they pick one up in the third round as well. Now you have a core. Now you have a group of players to rotate and try different things, and you're not banking on anything. You're not relying on Kyler Fackrell to come through for you in big games. You're not relying on Reggie Gilbert 
who is a practice squad player as much as I like him a couple of years ago to come big to come through big for you because you eliminated that question mark by by addressing a need. I do think the Brewers have a starting pitching need. They could not add anyone and still be fine. They could also not add anyone and have their starting rotation be a, an objective disaster. It could go either way. I would prefer to not risk it and to not let it ride and to just get the known commodity and then anything else that improves, anything else that, that falls your way, that's just icing on the cake. That's depth, right? That would be my approach. Oh, and by the way, this is kind of a footnote at this point. Dallas Keuchel's also a lefty. They need some lefties in this rotation. <laughs> How's that? Oh, and by the way, if I didn't have you sold, yeah, he's also left-handed. There you go. That's why I'm not a lawyer. Timing is everything in some of these arguments, right? Yeah, he's a lefty. Yep, thank you. That's the best part of the argument, I'm sure, for some of you. Exactly. I think there's something to be said for eliminating question marks. Because Jimmy Nelson could come back strong. Yep, you're right. I hope he does. I hope Chase Anderson goes back to his form two years ago where where he was an ace and he was keeping the ball in the ballpark, but that's not a given. That's not going to happen for sure. I don't want the Brewers to be relying right on Jimmy Nelson to get back healthy. I don't want them to be relying on Chase Anderson because I don't want to be sitting around in April or in June or July, probably more realistically, and saying, man, Jimmy Nelson ain't it. Man, Chase Anderson ain't back. Zach Davies, yeah, he ain't it either. And now we're up a creek without a paddle. Much better to be in a situation in July where you have Dallas Keuchel dealing on a one-year deal, where you have Yoli Shasin pitching at the level that he was last year, where you have Corbin Burns, who's really jumped and acclimated to the starting rotation. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Jimmy Nelson is also throwing the hell out of the ball, and Chase Anderson is playing at elite level. Now you got too many pitchers, you got too many elite pitchers, you don't know what to do with them. That's a good problem to have. Never worry about having too much depth. Eliminate question marks when you can. Eliminate uncertainty when you can, and your team is going to be a lot better for it because then you're going to be a position like the Brewers were last year when they signed Gio Gonzalez, when they signed Curtis Granderson, and they didn't necessarily know what they were going to do with them. They didn't necessarily know when or, or how or where they were going to play, but it's good to have the depth, but it's good to have the options, right? I think you can use that same logic. That logic applies, albeit slightly different still applies to the Brewers and how they're going to manage their starting rotation. And as I've talked about on the show, I think the starting rotation on day one of the regular season is going to look way different. Because I think over the course of the year, maybe they try to move Peralta into the starting rotation. Maybe they try to move Woodruff into the rotation. But if they get Dallas Keuchel and a couple things fall their way, they might not be forced to do that. And now all of a sudden, you're looking at a fantastic staff, both starting in middle relief and in late relief in terms of the bullpen. Brewers could be in a great spot. One acquisition, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, definitely ups your odds of being in that great spot. Great show today, as short as it was. Appreciate for tuning in. Find the podcast at WKTYsports.com. Be back tomorrow. Of course, we're going to be pre-gaming for On Alaska Central. A whole lot more tomorrow as well on the Wisco Sports Show. Same time, same place. Talk to you then.